Welcome to Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. Jesse and Lance are talking Tigers with the voice of the Tigers, Gino DiPaoli. Oh my goodness! Tiger players, coaches, and WHL insiders across the league. Tigers Uncaged. Starts now. Uncaged. Welcome to another edition of the hottest podcast talking about the Medicine Hat Tigers that is out there. Some say the only. It is Tigers Uncaged, powered by our good friends at Windsor Plywood. It, it is the only, I think. Yeah. Oh. Experts you need to know. Wow. 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 Gino DePal, everybody. Back, Gino. back from the lengthy road trip. Of British Columbia. Yeah, true. And back in the studios. How are you, buddy? Cold Prince George. Yeah. And now it's cold here. It's like, cold here, like yeah. It's officially, now everybody has no excuse to come to Friday's game or Saturday's game for the Tigers against the Oil Kings or the Thunderbirds. So, That's right. no excuses. Out the window. Yeah. We, yeah. we will get to those games. I think I'm excited for the Friday one against uh, Edmonton. Not saying must win or an uh, easy win, but... Probably a, a good... Not must win, but don't lose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't lose. Don't that's lose. a good way of putting it. Because that's a team that is struggling a little bit. I mean, they've lost seven in a row, so that would uh, that would check <laughs> some boxes. And and then you got Seattle, who's kind of on a heater right now. How are they doing this? I don't know. They, I just, think they've won six in a row. They've won we're six doing in a row, and they're three for three to start their road trip in the Central Division. Mm-hmm. They, good. They've done very well. That's very good. Um, and they were supposed to, they should have fell off a hair, but no, they still drafted guys like Braden Coots, Grayson yeah. Souch, and still there. Yeah. They have Scott Ratz laughing at. It's good times. They don't suck, and they might get Kevin Korchinski back at some point. Yeah, I don't know. He's playing like 20 minutes a night in Chicago. They're running him out. This is true. And he's playing a lot of minutes. I got him in fantasy. He doesn't do much other than skate, but that's fine. That's it? There's no skating stat in fantasy. Yeah, no, 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 no skating stats. But can you imagine if there was like a, a like a stat for like ice time? That would be good because then you could like literally chisel your way to some wins with just finding <laughs> yeah. guys that <laughs> just bulk, there. like you had like a bad plus minus guy. Yeah, you could. Well, he's still playing 20 minutes a night. Yeah, he's so still going to cancel it out. That's right. That That's something nice. to look forward to. Uh, let's let's talk about this road trip the Tigers went on. Three and two in the BC road trip. Actually, not a bad road trip at all. Final game, we kind of knew that fireworks were going to be had. We anticipated it was going to be a high-scoring game. That one, there's that not was a fun lot of games and scary. That, yeah, <laughs> there's not a lot of games that frustrate me, but I was very frustrated at the end of that game because I thought that that was, that was a game the Tigers not only should have won, but easily could have gotten a point, which would have gave him the seven points, kind of like what we wanted mm-hmm. to see on that road trip. Mm-hmm. But calling wise, that must have been an exhausting game for you. <laughs> I was very exhausted because I didn't. A, there was a lot that happened, and I was keeping my eye on the hundred and like seventy thousand dollar fifty fifty ticket. Right, which yeah, does that was big, huge. Like if if I didn't know where Prince George was and I got drafted by them and got a tour, I'd play there. It was a beautiful. Nice spot. That's a beautiful facility, yeah. the CN Center, and they have the C- they have the train bony, super cool. They have yeah, a train yeah. bony. It's a zamboni that's in the shape of a train. That's and awesome. It, and they dim the lights. They put disco lights and like Darude or Sandstorm <laughs> or whatever <laughs> is on, and then it like fires off steam and stuff, no and then way. it starts cleaning the ice. No, I think we can awesome. have one here. That was a pretty decent crowd there too. Did the fifty fifty have something to do with it, or is it, it was a guaranteed fifty fifty of fifty k to start? It was their hometown heroes weekend, and I think they had a bunch of businesses pitch in to get it started at fifty grand. And yeah, I bought tickets when I got there. 
I almost bought them again. Yeah, but I didn't. But yeah, true. Well, <laughs> never know. Might and won. it was just it was like fifty two hundred people or fifty four hundred yeah. people for like a six thousand seat arena. It was bonkers. It's nice because it's like an early sa- a Sunday. You yep. you're playing a team that also scores goals just like you do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, let's be honest, Prince George looking pretty good to start the season. Oh. Yeah, they they're, they know how to put pucks in the back of the net, mm-hmm. and their power play was absolutely lethal again. And, and the Tigers started out well on that penalty kill against them. They killed off the first two. But then it just, when you got by numbers, you see it to a four on three, you were, you know, Parasek scores from the side of the net. Uh, maybe Evan May should have had it. I don't know. And then you just see power play after power play, just bang, bang, bang. And Riley Height has... Holy Dinah. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's another guy like him and Cohen Zemer. Like you look at the pairs with Jagger Furcus and Braden Jagger and Moosha, like there's pair number two. Mm-hmm. Like I'm telling you, they're 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 elite guys. And I think the Tigers did they did a lot of good things in that game. A lot of really good things. You look at how they started, I thought they were fine. They pushed, they forced turnovers, they didn't bury right away. That was probably the big one there, that they didn't counter as much like they would against Kelowna. I feel like the the similarities in their forecheck and how opportunities were happening were like that Kelowna game. They just they ran into a little bit of a better goalie in Ty Young. Uh, maybe it wasn't quite all there. And then you just you get that early goal or that late goal from uh, Caden Lindstrom right in front of the slot. He's going to score a lot of goals yeah. in there if he wants to learn how to score from multiple spots, he did a great job. I thought quietly Tomas Mercik had a really good last three games of that road trip, including that game, and Gav was good. I think Hunter St. Martin picked it up a notch with his speed. Like, he has got blazing speed. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of – we know he has it, but then you forget about it after a while because he ends up being on the penalty kill so much, and he's just clear and he's not chasing it. So you, you saw a lot of good efforts in that game, and you, the best player that in whole trip was Drew Krebs. Mm-hmm. I I put that out there that Krebs was their best player by a country mile. I know Braden Bame had a really good heater, and then there was a odd person on Twitter that said Braden Bame had a good trip. He did. Mm-hmm. He was the second best player on the trip, but I don't think if he didn't have Drew Krebs, it might be a blowout in Prince George. You might lose that game in Vancouver if you don't have him. Right. And you just saw a lot of brilliance. And then Rhett Parsons, get off the schneid. Yeah. His first, first, first goal of the season when didn't think it was going to actually hit the net. I was going to say, I think it surprised you listening to the call. I, I think you, uh, I didn't <laughs> think you anticipated. Me. I kind of thought like, yeah, like Parsons was going to have like the, the losing pitcher record. You have to be like 0 and 5 or something like that. Just assist, no mm-hmm. goals this year. And no, he's gone the opposite way. And it's, it, that game was fun. It was, in a sense, yeah, you win that game. You're probably your head's as big as you, know, you couldn't get through that doorway. Mm-hmm. You get knocked down a peg, a puck over glass. Really frustrating. I know that was hard on Josh Van Mulligan. Puck rolls a little bit, lobs it out, and I looked. I was like, uh oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was kind of a. And they almost got. And they all they almost got through it. That was the scary part. You almost survived yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And then the game winning goal. The guy fans at the point, and then it just magically is just on a tee to Demansky, and he fires through a crowd and scores with a minute and 17 seconds left. So I don't know how you sum it up. Um, I just think that was a good game. I know maybe there's people are just looking back and forth and want to blame each other and wanting to be the guy, but 
I think that's a humbling loss, and you're going to learn from that loss. You you better. I think that just shows like where you again want to be with this team. This team, despite the success of scoring goals in bunches, still haven't had that experience of playing in a game like that. Right. Even with Parsons, Krebs, and Hodis on the back end with the longest longevity on this team, they haven't had a game like that ever. Mm-hmm. Like maybe the one against Swift Current earlier in the year. Right. They haven't actually had a pile of those games yet, so it's new to them in a sense that you can't really fathom where, where – how do you – I don't know. What do we do here? Like, yeah, still learning a lot, it's right? still There's still a lot of learning, and I think it, it, it's going to come, and I know with a few announcements that have happened in the last couple of days, there's going to be some more opportunity for guys to get even better. So, And that's where we go from here with a five-game homestand starting Friday against Edmonton. Um, is there one kind of overarching feel or – Maybe not necessarily a storyline, but just something that you you've taken away from uh, from the week and a half journey through BC that you know maybe you you were looking to have an answer from when you left and you maybe got it on the way back or you now have another question um, because all in all I mean you have a winning record on a BC road swing yeah. that's that's good um, and you kind of alluded to it right Jesse like the seven points would have been nice you, you got six and you, got six. you have to be happy with with how a lot of the efforts in the games were and. I just wonder, is there anything that, you know, you kind of look at and say, okay, this is going really well, or I'm kind of curious where this goes, just uh, what's the vibe? I'm curious where everybody's kind of mindset at is for winning different style of games. Yep. I think I think the Tigers would love nothing more to be like the Prince George Cougars every night and score five to seven. Right. But to me, one of the best games I saw, and yeah, it was against – the worst team in the BC division in Kamloops. I thought that was one of their best played games. They didn't have the best start, but they didn't give Kamloops a lot, and you won 4 nothing. You did a concrete sort of, we're winning this way tonight, mm-hmm. and I would love some of that to be, let's take away some of the points, because we all know the points. This is a big year for the Tigers, for a lot of players, to get noticed, get an NHL camp invite, Get drafted, mm-hmm. get eyes on you. It's going to be me tonight, and and I'm not saying this team is full of individuals. I'm not. That's clearly not. But there is that point of, damn, I got to do something, right? Like, and then you you kind of forget eyes on the prize. And luckily, there's a guy at the top that knows what he's doing in these situations. I think that is something that I I want to see come to the come to the forefront. I, I, I and I'm not saying that it's not happening, but. Right. You look at a guy, and this is no shots on anybody. I look at a guy like Hayden Harsani, mm-hmm. has no points. That kid should probably be at the U-17s. Yeah. I, and I know, yeah, you got no points. Guess what? You're not going. Right. When you don't have a single point. I think, a, like, and that's where we saw Tomas Mercik improve as a player last year after he came back from the U-17s. And that's probably the reason he's had a good start to the year. Remember, he's just under point per game. He quietly is doing it, which yeah. I think is awesome. Yeah. But now there's none of that for Harsani and Peranich and McCann and even Calhoun. Calhoun, I think, has done Brett Calhoun things. I Right. Uh, like, he's checked all the boxes again <laughs> for me. But And now maybe with McKenna going to U-17s next Sunday, that he'll – that maybe that's when you see Hayden Harsani get his so-called, quote-unquote, U-17 bump. Yeah. That can he now – that you've – you're taking away 72's minutes because he's gone for two weeks. Are you going to be that guy? Are you going to step up? And you're going to need same, someone to be that guy. And exactly. 
and and it's a good chance for him. And mm-hmm. I know it's it's going to be hard. And I know even with guys like. Smith had a little bit of a put, like, got knocked down a peg. Finally, he went pointless for two games on the trip, but it got back with a huge goal in the. So there, you found some clutch there with Shane Smith, mm-hmm. and I think with Hunter St. Martin's the same boat. Like, I they're just on the cusp, and it, it's so it's going to be so hard to like, who's great on this team, and oh, this guy's not very good. Look at his point lines. Uh uh-uh, uh that's not even close. Nah, yeah, as, as um, or no, nah, nah, as um. L.A. Knight would say, yeah, right. In that one thing there, um, and I think that's the biggest thing is just like everybody's. I think the Tigers will almost Tiger players almost their own worst. They'll be their own worst enemies mm-hmm. here. Just and you're, and I don't know how to coach that. I don't get paid enough to know how to do this. Right. I don't think a sports psychologist could figure this one out. Like, but it's, I, I there's mean, just a lot of intangibles that are are starting to kind of add up. A little but bit. In, in inherently, you have. A lot of players, like you mentioned, that are say looking for draft stock or or NHL invites, but in, in I would almost say everyone's case, they're kind of slotted in a role that they should be in. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could maybe make the argument that Harsani, with his skill set, could be getting more uh, offensive opportunity, but there's just not a spot for him. Yeah. Like he, so he's playing the role that essentially Tomas Mersic played last year, right? Where you're you're kind of forced to, to take on a different role and in, in skill set than what you were used to, but still finding ways to adapt your game to it. And and he's been really good. Yeah, and, and, and I think it even goes back to I had a really nice interview, if you if you listen to the broadcast on Sunday, to Mark Lamb of the Prince mm-hmm. George Cougars. And I asked him about Tarek Parasak, the guy's leading the, the league in rookie scoring right now, and he's got 15 freaking goals. Yeah. Hadn't, he hadn't touched WHL ice till this year. And he played at the edge. He played with Hayden Harsani. Mm-hmm. They're friends, and I and I'm not saying that that maybe was an option for Hayden to go back. He could go back. I don't think him going back to the edge was a great idea because yeah. you already won. You've done everything you can. You're over point per game there. This is where you want to be. Right. You might have to. You're just in the. And again, you're you're younger. Parasak's no six. Like you have a. This sounds awful. Again, you got a year to burn, kid. Yeah, you have time. You can, you can do this. Yeah, absolutely. Like you don't have to. And again, Connor Bedard set the set the bar extremely high. We're never going to see. Well, we might. I don't know. <laughs> well, we got to stop thinking that we're going to get another one like Connor Bedard. Not, but I think it's just that trickle down effect. They were like, okay, he did this. He did this. He did so much as a fifteen. Remember, he had a bubble year to work yep. with. Yep. He probably, he's probably not playing in the Western League if they don't have the bubble. He, he was. I think he was given the exceptional status because it was such a small sample size of what he was going to be able to do. Right. And that's how he got that hot start. And he was great. We all know this. Yep. He scored again last night by the time of this taping is mm-hmm. against Boston or whatever the hell. So I, I think it's just worth – we're still we're, – we're 12 games in. Yep. We're 12 games in. Everybody relax. Just a hair. Well, if I can piggyback it, off your question. Mm. So many questions. I'm scared. I believe that when this road trip kind of happened, we were going to get – kind of an understanding of what we're going to do between the pipes, right? We're sitting at three goaltenders right now. We thought maybe on this road trip we would kind of know who would be the one-two punch. Mm -hmm. I think after this road trip, we're way back to square one. I I don't know if we have a sniff yet of what we're going to do. Evan May, I love that kid. I know he's going to be, he's projected as the number one. Mm -hmm. He comes off, gets his very first career shutout against Kamloops. I thought that would be a huge ego boost, right? Nice confidence boost. 
He looked a little shaky against Prince George. Again, we knew that Prince George was going to shoot. They were going to score lots. Yeah. But it got to the point on both sides, you take a big, deep breath. You hold your breath when there's a shot because you don't know if it's going to get saved or not. Yeah. I mean, you look yeah. at Zahara going in there. Zahara looked really good in the one game that he started. Yep. We didn't get to see McCallum this road trip. We kind of anticipated maybe McCallum would be the number two. I don't know if we necessarily think that now that Zahara looked good in the BC game. Yeah, it's a mess. Well, <laughs> um, I, I guess it's a good mess to it's have. It's a good mess. Is it a good mess? Are we going to call that a good mess? You have options, right? I, I think where we're at with Ethan McCallum, Zach Zahara scared the bejesus out of me for a period of a half right. in Vancouver, but it was fine. Yeah. Gave that, again, when I talked about Krebs and Parsons and all them, they shut down Vancouver. They didn't have a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't blame Zach if they lost 3-2 or 2-1 in that game because you need to score at least three or four to win a hockey game these days. He was great in the third. He was clutch. And I think he's had his taste but I think Ethan deserves one more crack, and I say one. Yeah. One more, and maybe it's Friday. Maybe he starts against Edmonton. I don't think he does. I think if you had beat Prince George, yeah, you're starting your backup mm-hmm. against Edmonton because you want to make sure you got that seven, or in that pace, pace would have been eight points yeah. on the road trip, give Ev an extra day to get ready for Seattle. And I think Ethan went into a really rough situation. His team didn't play well in front of him in Regina. Uh, you showed up at six for your first WHL start. Not ideal. No. Not cool. No. Like, not the, not going to be fun for anybody. So I think he gets a little bit of rope. Like very short rope. <laughs> like, there's a little piece of rope there. Yeah. But it's going to be, I think, and this team's, like, some decisions are going to be made. They, I think they've held off as long as they can. I think now it's just like, you know when you roll down your d- to-do list, you're like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. like, I wouldn't be surprised if May starts Friday and then one of those two who is projected to be the backup will get Seattle as kind of a test. I have no idea. I don't know either. There's, there's, uh, there's really well, then there's you got, no way to know. Look at this. Like, there's no way. Look at this homestand. Not ideal opponents to, like, find games to burn in. Like, maybe Edmonton. But I I believe this is a trap game, and I'm frightened for this game on Friday. It can be. It can be. Seattle, they've won six in a row. Mm-hmm. They're on a oh, heater. Uh, the uh, Portland Winterhawks are here next week. They're good. the number one team in the country. Yep. Uh, the Lethbridge Hurricanes, we remember about them. They haven't gone away. I They're not dead they yet. Wish I they wish they would. They would. Yeah. And Get out of here. Who's at the tail end of that one? That's uh, no idea. Um, I wrote it down today. I don't have it in front of me. I mean, I can find it. That's, it's, 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 far, it's far in the stall, future. Stall, but it's far like, in the but future. Look at those first four games. Yeah. Like three of four at least. That's on the. You know, we don't know, Beater. Everett. Everett, yeah. So, an improving Everett Silvertips team. We don't get to see Everett that often, hey? Every other year. I don't yeah, know I what just, to expect from them. We and it's it's a this is a tough homestand. Like, yeah, you're at home for five straight, but man, you look at the you're like. Huh. I mean, again, I think you're looking at trying to get seven points out of this. At the yeah. minimum. Yeah. I and, just I'm and still that stuck Portland this, game's going to be a crapshoot. Stuck on this goaltender thing. I know. Well, because the, the and the biggest issue so far is that it feels like no one even has a sniff of really separating themselves. Like to to your point, Jesse, it it sounds harsh, but it kind of feels like at the same time there's a lot of nights where like no one looks comfortable with who's in net. Like no one no one looks all that comfy, and they're kind of also sewering their goaltenders in some ways because 
<laughs> like team like the Tigers will get so far into the offense that they get burned on counters like two on one, three on yeah. one. And then like in that Broncos game, you're just giving up odd man rushes every single time on the way yeah. back. And that will hurt a goalie. So like like you yeah. mentioned, when you're in cam loops and you put it all together, you know that that's there. And you know that that part of it is is possible. And then that will make your goaltending feel like it's on the, a better path, so to speak. I agree. A hundred percent. I will throw, throw out every nine goal game this yeah. team has yeah. and give me four, five or four goal nights and you win five, two or four, two right. or four rip in Kamloops. Yeah. Take the, I'd take that a hundred times out of a hundred. Just feels like there's, there's so much unknown still. And I think if you do games like that, goaltending levels it right out. Yeah. Like you've got autopilot on if you do it like that. This is a championship team potentially yeah. this year, right? If if that's what Prince George is going to be, and you're yeah. a puck over glass away, and you're maybe one or two strides away, one or two less penalties away from that, mm-hmm. you got a chance here. Yeah. You really do have the pieces to win now. Now it's not a all in now, mm-hmm. but it's a. We're not as far away as we thought, and that would go back if we put all the things we've just talked about into a nice little ball. A really good spot. And throw it onto co-op place on Friday. You yeah. might see the start of it. Who knows? I mean, yeah, the team's in a really good spot. I, I think they are, and I, mm-hmm. I hope this doesn't go to their heads when they listen to this when it's released. I'm sure they will. They yeah, no, no, but they are. They, they're really they're, – they have the, the pieces that are necessary. They – have team buy-in, like everything's in the right direction. You're close. You, You're yeah. close. This you... this is a team that could win the Central Division. 100%. I think the the Central Division is ours to take. I, 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 <laughs> Between us and Lethbridge. Who would have thought that at the start of the year? That I'm just the, never going to believe in Lethbridge. The, the, the top no, two never. would be <laughs> Lethbridge and Mad Hat, and, yeah. Red, and Red Deer is fifth. Right. And they have not had some good times up I there. I think when this team is on, I think you put them up against anyone in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And then who knows from there? I believe you. I think this is a championship team. This could be the start of something. Because this is a year where I don't think a lot of people put us in the conversation of having championship in anything. Oh, wow. Championship. Yeah. Really <laughs> yeah. like that. I, I look at, and you look at how the, the playoffs kind of roll out. You know, guess what round something's going to happen. Saskatoon and Moose Jar are going to eventually play each other. That's going to be a seven. That's going to be a seven-game banger, potentially. And you look at where who's Matt Hack going to play? Are they going to play a a Red Deer, a Calgary, or a or a (laughs) yeah, a Lethbridge, a Lethbridge, Lethbridge or 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 Brandon or something like you're going to. It's it's intriguing, and you know what? You, You never know. I think. I'm not putting the cart before the horse. Yeah, it is. I, still I, I, really this to is talk extremely. About. I mean, you guys are putting the cart way before the <laughs> like, horse. I don't we've know got what the, we're we've talking got the about. Cart, we have like three carts. Yeah, I don't know three what, teams what you guys are going on here. Like we're, we're twelve games in, we're talking playoffs. I don't yeah. know what's happening. I know, so I get to dial it back. All right, well, let's talk about something that was actually released moments before I think we went on the podcast. Like literally, oh. as you press record, as we press record, True. the the scouting, the central scouting came on. And it uh, looks like some Tigers made the list. Five Tigers made the list. I feel if you look at that list, maybe you should have had six, but who's to who's mm. to argue? There. That happens. Uh, Cade Lindstrom good. with an A rating, which would projects you as a 
potential first rounder, which I think was kind of the consensus coming into the season before the puck even dropped. There's a lot of talk of him going first round. <sighs> How good was he in Prince George? Oh, How good was he on the road trip? Like his presence was felt on every single game. Yeah. He's a not man- negative. He's a manster. Yeah. He's an yeah. absolute manster. The dude can score. The dude, if you hit him, I guarantee you he's going to hit <laughs> you back. Did you see that hit in Vancouver? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my you know, goodness. Like He's just one of those people, Like if you if you line him up and you are planning to hit him, in the back of your head, like you start to know, I'm going to get this back yeah. later. Yeah. I don't know when. You so like, it, it might happen immediately, yeah. and it might happen like a period and a half later, but I'm getting a receipt at some point. You I, might also get cross-checked right in the chest. <laughs> yeah. too, well, and I get, did, get I did notice <laughs> that he did take quite a few penalties. And he I takes think, aggressive penalties. And I think that's <laughs> right. him either you know, retaliating or using the body. Listen, when, when he drafted this kid, he played his very first game. He was very tall. He was very, like, he had no real meat on his bones. He was still a little lanky. lanky. Right? Yeah. And so now we're starting to see the Caden Lindstrom yep. that we were like, oh, imagine when mm-hmm. he hits this age. How Have big you ever he's gonna stood be? next to him lately? Yeah, he's I big. stood next to him when he got drafted his first game, and I had to look straight <laughs> up in the air. And I was yeah, like, but if you stood to him be... like this year, it's yeah. frightening. Yeah, he's huge. Like, but he is the he is the all around player the Tigers need. He's got the size, yep. and the kid can score. Oh, like okay. just and the way that he that the, he positions himself on power plays and five on five. It's just like he gets it. He's yeah, he is player. very close. If he hasn't got it right, he reminds me a lot of of Samuel Honzek in size and yes, build. That's but, a really good but comparison. Can skate better. Yes, like like Honzek. Does a lot of the same things, like the the same heavy shot. I thought last year Hanzik had one of the best shots I saw oh, yeah. through co-op plays. Um, and Lindstrom has that. It's uh, Lindstrom can flat out fly. Yeah, he can move though, right? And I've I've said I'll always say it about Caden Lindstrom. I would rather that he take those aggressive penalties, maybe walking that line and going over it a little mm-hmm. bit, than having like he'd rather pull someone back than have to push him to get going. Hundred like, percent. I think. It, that that part and what Oasis Wiseblatt's first couple of years were like in in Tigers colors are very similar. Where it's like, okay, you got to pull him back a little bit. And now Oasis walks the line really well. He's, He's become a really, really good pass. Like I'm looking like. O had what 134 minutes in penalty minutes last year. Okay, I think he's got six or eight this year. I'm like, hey, you're trending in the right direction. He's walking here, the line well, and that's that's what you want, right? You want to be able to just bring that guy back a little bit and say, okay, yeah. like this is where we can go. This is where we can't. What um, a what a player! Like I, yeah. I, the one person I really get excited to watch every night is Caden Lindstrom. I, 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 he start and you know we've been me and him have been actually really close lately. Because he's had a lot of attention on him, and right? Had to, I, I haven't had to sit him down or anything because that's not my. Well, it is kind of my job. But You're I, fielding the requests. We're fielding some requests for him a lot, and he's like, "What do I do here?" I'm like, no. Okay, well now we're doing. It. I'm like, "Am I coaching you right now?" <laughs> a little bit. And I just he's and I. It was funny. There was one. Inter- there was a local guy that wanted to interview him from uh, from PG, and he asked him a question, but and he looked right at him and like stared him in the eye and talked to him. And I, was, and I said to him, "He's like, how'd that go?" I said, "That looked great." You, you, you didn't look down at your toes. You didn't. You weren't mad. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were mad. I could tell you were pissed to be yeah. in there. But you had a smile on your face, and you stared him in the eye, and you answered every one of was his questions. Was that post game? That was a post game. Lovely, yeah. And he was, a, yeah. And it's something that I'm trying to work on a few of these guys with. Uh, I mean, most of them I will work on. And I said, just look at them, stare them straight in the eye. Even if they ask you a weird question, stare them straight in the eye because you'll get in their head. <laughs> <laughs> And he's this done that. This guy's nuts. <laughs> this guy's crazy. No, he's awesome. But 
I've I love the kid. Yeah. I, I and he's you know he's asking questions like, hey, how's it go? Like he's got that personality starting to grow on him. Mm-hmm. Didn't get it last year, and it, it's it was funny. Um, this is something. I, I, it's not personal or anything. We were in Vancouver, and there was middle aged men outside our our dressing room mm-hmm. outside Langley Event Center with jerseys and things to get signed. And I've told all the guys this year, I said, you can sign whatever you want, but remember what you're signing and who you're signing them for. Personalize it. Because mm-hmm. I guarantee you half of that, there might be the odd diehard. Yeah. They're going to put your crap on eBay the next oh, day. Oh, 100% yeah. there. It's the world 100%. we live in, man. And it's, I said, it's the world we live in. It's And he's and Caden looked at me and he said, they do that? I was like, absolutely, they will. Yeah. Yep. He has started personalizing his autographs. Good. And I'm very proud of him for that. Yeah, I said, that's good. I said, be authentic. Like, if it's a little kid, make sure dad's not hiding around the corner. Yeah. Right? But they, you do whatever you want, but he has taken the seriousness of being a pro, and it's it's really it's awesome to see. And all the guys are doing it now. Yeah, it's so good. Good for him, because I, I love to see his but he's stock got rise. But he's got that at, and he's he's going to get a little cheeky, I think, here when, is it, when he gets a little more experience talking to people. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll well, be good. Yeah. Uh, another guy who made the list got a B. Andrew Basha. B for Basha. Yeah. Oh, is that why he got to B? I didn't I, know. I, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I, I didn't realize it was alphabetical. <laughs> but that was well-deserved. Basha, the last two years, is really coming to his own. 127 games played going into the weekend. Like, he's got the experience. Yeah. I think there's another gear there. I think there really is. Like, the fact that he's a B rate, I think, is huge for him. Like, hey, you've done this with this, this work right now, and you have a chance to be an A skater? I Let's was gonna go. say, like, there's there's a lot there's of, a lot more untapped potential we haven't seen. There's a a decent chance. I wouldn't say very like I'm not ever gonna say a great chance, but as good as any that that rating changes between now and the end of the year in a positive way. A hundred. hundred percent. Yeah. I I don't have more to really add on no. Bash because like that what you see is what you're gonna get from Andrew. Can fly, skate like the wind, knows how to move the puck, he can he can be lethal. He can play any spot on the power play, whether he's on the on the wall or in the bumper. Yeah, I think he's really good there. And I, man, like there's, again, he, yeah, you nailed it there. Like I think there's still like it sounds weird to say there's a long way to go there, but there's a long way to go in him just keep continuing to get better and improving. But each. probably the, the it one... goes back to when he came in as a as a sort of underager. Yeah. from Saha, right? Yeah. Instead of starting Saha and then playing forty games, I think. Yeah. That extra year helped him boatloads. Yeah. Like I don't think he's there step, if he doesn't have that. The one step you probably want to see from him is is finding a way to score more often, right? Yes. Because uh, he can go through stretches where he's potting a couple, and then, I mean, the point total is still there. but he's you just, just don't over see, point per game. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, he's he's producing, but you don't see maybe the, the goals as much. And we, we talk about – we talked earlier about Hayden Harsani, no points, but is doing a lot and probably warrants himself – a under 17 spot um the same can be said for a lot of the the draft prospects i mean there's some that stand out above the rest and you have those exceptional players and then there's a lot that i mean truth be told it's well he's got a point and a half per game that's probably good just throw him in real um and and so for anyone who's like kind of parsing through and then says okay well this andrew basha kid's here and well he's got four goals on the season yeah it's like yeah. You, you want to boost that number up a little bit, and that probably helps. Yeah, and I think with that, 
if he gets picked where he does in a so-called second or third, even if he somehow drops to the fourth round, which, again, nobody wants that to happen. No, of course not. Well, that'll it's be not a steal be, for whoever gets him. Yeah, goes I, the fourth. I yeah. think that's exactly where you want him to be when he's yeah. picked. I yeah. really think you do. And it sounds weird saying that, but that's where I sit there. There's going to be a lot of uh, – whoever gets him is going to be very, very happy. They should they be very that. happy with him. Yep. yep. I don't think it's a bad thing. Another guy who made the list got a C, which a guy we talked about uh, who really, when he went to the U-17s, came back a completely different person. Uh, Thomas Mercek. Loved him. I loved him in Kelowna. I loved him in Kamloops. Uh, I think the Vancouver game, he was excellent. Played in front of family and friends. Shocker. You're going to play a little better. Yep. More eyes are on you that you care about, in a sense, that way. Uh, great shot. We've seen it twice now. Uh, me with the power play goal against Van. That was a clutch goal. Mm-hmm. Clutch goal to turn the tide. And he can fly. Like He quietly can skate like the wind. And his ability on... on He's not bad on, on draws. Uncomfortable pucks. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. when he's batting pucks out of the air, mm-hmm. um, if it's rolling on him, he always has a way of, of corralling it and keeping it under control. That's so hard to do. Like some of the best players, they, they always look like they're in complete control and possession of the puck, right? And mm-hmm. it can be rolling and you're not really worried about it. Mercic does that to a T. Absolutely. I think he's been really good. Uh, you know, he's kind of just under 50% on draws. I know it's kind of in a swap between him and Oasis on draws on yeah. that line with McKenna. Now I'm intrigued, obviously, when Gavin goes, you know, who, is that Harsani spot? Is that going to be – and that's going to be a new learning curve for him. Yep. Okay, I've got a new line mate, so i got to figure this out. So that'll help with his stock. And very interesting on this list that I see a guy who made the W, a guy who I don't even think we, we've seen yet, Spilka. He's he, on the limited viewing. Yeah, he got he got oh, his own. Is that with the LV limited viewing? He has yes. his own designation. He's the only one. He's oh, the only I thought guy. that was supposed to be the W, and they just messed up. But no, okay. he's no, the only LV is one. He's the only limited viewing. Which so is that is kind of like I have nothing. He's, yeah. <laughs> I have he's nothing good. To, we just haven't seen enough of him yet. Is that kind no of one's the, seen anybody anything yet? But that's <laughs> like that's you. you text, that's cool. You texted us earlier today and said Vasil Spilka has made his way onto the onto the list. And then I just kind of sent back. It, it didn't. It wasn't supposed to be a sad face no. emoji. It was just like a blank stare. It was, really? what it was supposed to be. It's like, so what? What do people know that no we one did, really does? I don't know anything about this game. because it's. I mean, really cool. And for the Tigers, you're you're now, I mean, rightly or wrongly, going to say, all right, well, there's a little bit more of expectation on Vasil because your name's on a list and you haven't played a single minute. Or single like, second. Yeah, you yeah. haven't you haven't played what, a game. I, I know there was some talks about him when at the Euro draft, so it was I I, I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of unknown. Was but there talk of him playing in BC at all? Because you kind of hinted that maybe I heard, that would happen. I kind of heard maybe the Kamloops game he might go. Yeah, he's still nursing. He was nursing an injury, so oh, still banged okay. up. Wasn't ready okay. to go. I think he's going to be in now because Braden Bames out. Right, uh, brain bames week to week with a lower body injury. Oh, that's no. on the WHL report. Leave that's it at that. lovely. Leave it at that. Lovely yeah. times. <laughs> so, a uh, guy who goes on a four-game heater on the BC road trips not going to be in the lineup at least for Friday. So who knows? But it said week to week or something right. like that. So, uh, seeing him, I think it's a little more serious than right now. But we'll see how far that goes. We take a week know. to week, and, and we uh, got, yeah. just rounding up the Tigers making the list. Shane Smith was also a W. The that's Sass huge. Bird sniper. That's huge. As an 05, that's very hard to do. Yeah. Man, he, uh, he's, his shot's working for him this year. That thing was a cannon against Prince George when he buried it. I didn't think he scored. I thought he ringed it off the post. I'm like, oh, no, it just went out so fast. Like, is it, is it the shot that 
you know, draws enough attention to, to get Shane on this list in your mind? Or is... Oh, 100%. Because, like, obviously, if you see someone that can score as well as Shane can, that's enough of a driver typically to, to have eyes on you. But, I mean, he's played center basically, I think, his entire time 100% in, he has. as a Tiger. No, he's um, never been on the wing. And he's, like, efficient. I, he, I don't think he's ever wowed anyone with, like, this dude just doesn't lose draws. I mean, he does. Oh, yeah, but yeah. but he, he does everything, like, in a slightly above-average way. Like, it's, he's a player that teams can take for granted, I guess, is the best way to put it. I think... Like, the, in what he yeah. does outside of shooting. The one thing I'll say about Smitty, and, you know, I'm calling him Smitty. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, he's tough as nails. Yeah. He's nails. Like, I think his got a dip, powerful shot, but he's nails. So, I think that more than the shot. But they're, they're like, oh, wait, this guy's tough. Oh, he's got a shot. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want more. Yeah, this is what I. Yeah. Shane Smith is. I I want to see more, sort yeah. of ranking there. And I think if he stays on that route, and there's maybe one other guy that I'm going to say that maybe got snubbed on this list, mm-hmm. but maybe he's there later. Is Hunter St. Martin? Right. I think there was a lot of talk about. There's a lot of teams talking about him. Deadly speed, shots not bad. <laughs> we right. saw that one goal against Moose Jaw. Like mm-hmm. he can he can shoot a, it. He can shoot it. He can skate, and he can skate. Like he can f- like. He draws. I would if there really was a skills well competition. I know we don't have one this year. I would love to do a fastest skater mm-hmm. and see like him or Braden Bame do like the classic NHL yeah. All Star game like lap fest. I right. don't think they do that anymore, but that would be cool to see. But uh, you know what I mean? Like just with Shane, you know what I'm saying? Like he's just yeah. nothing's ever flashy, but everything's done at a consistent level yeah. that you know exactly what you're getting every yeah. single night. Like. Yeah. He's he, what you see is what you get. You're counting on him banging a couple bucks on net. He's gonna throw hits below the goal line. Yeah, he'll help out in his own zone. Like he just does everything, like well, and is paying yeah. off. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think now you're starting to see it even more now that he's collecting points, collecting goals. Mm-hmm. Like not to say he wasn't doing it before, but having the point total is definitely helping the Doesn't way he hurt. plays. Well, yeah, like if you if you can find someone that can find a way to score, right? I mean, they're immediately going to get value, and, and Shane can do it from a lot of different ways, yeah. whether it's in front of the net or on the flank. Like, he's shown that he has options in ways that he can score. So uh, I, I was just – because when we talk about, you know, potential draft picks, yeah. Shane's name maybe doesn't come up as much, and maybe it's part of just assuming and, and taking for granted the consistency that he brings every single game. So and it's again, cool it could see. be a sneaky pick later on in the draft. Yeah. Right, absolutely. I, I think so. Or and you know what, an NHL camp invite is definitely on. If he, stays oh yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. That's kind of like when you hit at least one yeah. of these. Mm-hmm. I feel like you've kind of put yourself in an opportunity. There's for enough an of a conversation camp. around yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, oh, nobody picked him. Okay, let's bring him to camp. Absolutely. Let's bring him to Calgary Flames camp. Right. <laughs> they need people that can shoot. Need a lot of things. Oh <laughs> God. Yeah. And we should uh, harp a little bit more on the fact. Congratulations to uh, Gavin McKenna. Right. Yeah. He is on his way to the U seventeen. Round of applause for Gavin Round McKenna. Round of applause. Wow. I don't think seventeen I, points shocker. this year so far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what Stunning. about Gavin? Like, he's leading the team in points, but it doesn't seem like he's leading the league. No, he's like, quietly like, doing it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he's not again flashy. Where you're like, oh, that's Gavin's team. Gavin's number one, of yeah. course. Like he's again asserting himself in positions that that work out, and he's getting assists. He's getting quiet goals. He's doing what he needs to do to try and help this team win yeah. without making it all about him. Doesn't if that it, makes any sense, it feels like he is the top point getter on a team coached by Willie Desjardins. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. 
That's like you, you look back 100%. On, on some of the the guys that you know have had big roles and and have done things like whether it's Tyler Ennis or I mean Emerson Needham maybe was like the one that was standing out just because he was so fast. Jason Shamara, like the yeah Jason Shamara, right? But yeah, Joffrey Lupo, you can go up and down the list and just those guys that they they drive the point total that at the end of the season they have the most points, but it's not like it's all about him. That's just, I feel like how Willie's done a really good job in bringing Gavin into the lineup and, and giving him the opportunity to, to play at his own pace. And I mean, for the love of God, they stopped force feeding him like they were last year. Remember yeah. that when it was yep. just like <laughs> trying oh, to get oh, him Gavin, his first goal. Gavin's how on many, the ice. Yeah. Everyone just pass it to him. So I'm glad we're over that yeah. because when you give him time and space to breathe in, you just let Gavin just let him work. Cook. He, he creates, for you and, and for your line. So, yeah. Um, and it's good that they're also not going the complete opposite way, like, say, on a power play, where when you know, like, there are a lot of plays could and should be going through Gavin's hands. 72 is going to have his f- fingerprints on it. But you can go the complete opposite way, right? Where you kind of shy away from it and say, well, they're going to they're gonna know. So let's just keep the puck away from, from Gavin. Let's not have him touch it. You can't do that either. Yeah, it's let's just been a really nice balance. On the other side to come right. there, it's, right? it's been a really good balance. Absolutely. But even early on, what I've noticed, and when I watched 72 last year, let's say on a power play, they would pass it to him. You knew he was going to shoot. Right. You just had that inkling that he's got a great shot. Here it comes. Because it felt like everyone wanted him to shoot, so he was like, I got to do it. Exactly. Yeah. On, ah, this road yeah. trip, <laughs> on this road trip, I just got the feel that – He's okay with the extra pass. Like, that's his game. Like, he's not. He's the playmaker. Yeah. Like, not necessarily the quarterback, but like a quarterback on this power play where he's going to get the assist. And I think that's what's showing in the total. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not about him to get the hat trick every single night. He's okay with an 0 3. He's got three assists. He got the W. Quietly, he's putting himself in there. And that's that's why I kind of said that. I think his. I know he's at 17 points now. That's why I said it. It would. I know the U17s might put a little clink it or ding in that armor. Yeah. I still think his point tools can end up starting with an eight this year. Like just quietly. It'd like be that. something, wouldn't it? It'd be close. I think it'd be damn close to eighty. It would be something. And I mean I was looking at it with uh with Parasac just with what he's been doing in Prince George, right? And I was like yeah. Well I wonder if if Gavin will, will catch him and if he doesn't whatever. But I just was like, oh well we'll see. That'd be a fun rookie of the year talk. I mean, when you're scoring above a goal per game, I mean, you got to think that will come down at least a touch. But yeah. you never know. You'd hope. You'd hope when you start playing, you got to play Portland four times. True. You got to play. I mean, a pair of sacks credit. He's produced wherever he's gone. Like yeah. he's he's found a ways. He's a he's one a of those player. goal scorer guys. So. It'll be uh, curious to see, but no, really good for Gavin. Pretty good week for the Tigers. It's really yes. cool that I'm looking at Gavin last year. He played 16 games, right? Mm-hmm. He had his five and then injuries. Yes. Yeah, wow, they found him. Oh, he got hurt. hurt. Yeah. 16, wow. And then he got he, three at the end of the year. Yeah, he had 18 yeah. points in 16 games. Right. Yep. So far, he's played 12 games, 17 points. That's like 1.3 points a game or 1.25. 1.42. Yeah. Not bad. Damn. Not all bad for, not bad for not this bad. one. Not trying to do All math. it takes is, like a, like you mentioned, Jesse, like a hat trick night for Gavin McKenna, and socials will be like, oh, my God, look what McKenna's doing. 100%. Meanwhile, every single night. Yeah, he's, he's, he's Well, I mean, Parasak's doing his thing, but yeah, like every but single night Gavin's going out and he's yeah. finding a way to impact the game. You're yeah. sitting there, and I've, I've seen it. I've seen some of the Tiger fans on there that have been oh, like, yeah. oh, man, Gavin, 
Not not great. Where's Gavin? Where's Gavin? Are you kidding? Yeah. Like, watch the game. Yeah. He's there, and he's arguably the best player on there without having a hat trick every single night. And he's also the only Tiger to not take a penalty, I think, still. Uh, yeah, he has zero there's pims. Couple, there's a couple guys. There's, I don't know if he's the only one, but he has zero pims. He has I know zero that. pims. That's impressive. I, I know at one point we, we looked, there was a couple that had zero, and he might be the only now. I don't remember. Yeah. But, uh, but the, and the one thing, just to kind of put a bow on this because we got to get you out of here, Gina. Oh, yeah. Um, That's all right. To put a bow on it, last thing about Gavin, younger players tend to get hemmed in their own zone. You don't notice that with no. his line. Like, they, he, he's obviously it's a team effort to not get hemmed. But he's holding up his end of the bargain when the puck's coming on his side of the wall or he's in coverage. Like, he's defending well enough. It's not like, oh, my God, this guy's a shutdown forward. You know what I mean? He's not, he's oh, not great, Michael Josh, Backlund. Oh, great. Josh Davies is yeah. right on my tail the whole <laughs> yeah. night. Like, he's not, he's not going to put clamps on guys. But he does it well enough that it's not causing extended D-zone. That Wise Black Mercic line has been really good with McKenna. Yeah. I think Oasis again does a lot of straw stirring well, you called that you said it I was a matter really of time before yeah. oasis and mckenna were going to be on the same just line. really wanted to see it just 100 you need someone that has been around that has that you know fire will drag people in gets you amped up like i, I don't think that oasis needs any more excitement based off no. of what i've seen from him but He's uh quite the human on the bus I'll but to get you the that. you know to bring that extra energy to to gavin and tomas is is cool to see so uh, just to wrap this up with the Pims conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are six Tigers that have zero Pims. Oh, three of them are goaltenders. Three of them are goaltenders. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say three goals. I was like, wait a second. Okay, but, so uh, Gav would be one. Gavin. Uh, we oh. have uh, Ekrem Bratton. Okay. He's played limited games. Limited um, games. And so would the other one be? Vasil Spilka. Uh, he, he, <laughs> I mean, technically, yeah. Vasil, not listed so on there's seven. Yeah. It's not. I was going to say it's Cade McKay. Is it? It's not Harsani. He's taken one. Kaden McCann. Was it McCann? Yeah, Kaden okay. McCann. Look at you. Trust your gut, Gino. Yeah. Gavin I mean, also I, this 40. big old b- boiler I got Stop. here. Trust Gavin also Stop. second on the on the team with shots, 43. Caden yeah. Lindstrom has, what, 54. 50, oh, 52. I and also we didn't get a chance to talk about this because we're running out of time. But uh, a lot could be said for Caden's face-offs as well. You and I talked about it yeah. kind of off-air of this. preaching this a lot. Yeah. This dude, on, uh, he is like, not only is he going to score, but if you're in that situation where you want to win a draw, like you were talking yeah. about last that's the guy that you I don't, want. I don't have the percent. He's no. at 56 on the season? On the season, he's 56%. And I, I think Only because I wrote the press release about him uh, making the, the cuts here today. It so. feels like lately he's even been better, a lot better than that. He even, didn't have so. a good one in Prince George, but I think the one night he was 15 to 20. Not in BC, but it was, was it a Swift game? Good night. Though. He had a, like 15 for 20. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's that 75% right there. Yeah. Like, you know what else is good? Windsor Plywood. Windsor Plywood. The experts we need to know. Yes, we do. We could we not do. do this if it wasn't for Windsor Plywood. We could, but it wouldn't be as good. Windsor Windsor shout out to Windsor Plywood. And shout out to you, Gino, for taking the time, as yeah, always, oh. 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 for oh. an hour and talking a little Tigers, man. We, is, I love this, man. Like, I, I don't care what anybody says. Like, like this is this makes my day. Well, I don't know what anyone else is saying, but I haven't listened to it. I'm sure uh, people hate yeah. me. Hey, so good news, fine. Gino. Guess who? Guess who's uh, after a break? We get to talk to our friend from Edmonton, Andrew Peer. Andrew I Peer. helped Andrew Peer get his first job in the NHL. Well, NBA we're gonna ask oh, him all we'll about, ask about it. That. I was a reference. Out. I don't think I helped. Okay, never <laughs> mind. Like, not oh, gee, gad. <laughs> we're also gonna ask him why you hate Edmonton so much. Right, we are gonna ask. Yeah, him I think that. he knows I hate Ed- like the city, not the teams. No, no, just. The, and the, Andrew Peer is one of our favorite people. So. Yeah, he's a good dude. We've had him on the podcast. He's, he's a good man. 
But uh, appreciate you. Appreciate you listening. We got more Tigers Uncaged on the way, powered by Owens or Plywood. Hey. The experts you need to know. More hockey talk on the way. Let's go, boys! It's Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. When it comes to building or renovating, Windsor Plywood can put you on the power play. Their experienced and knowledgeable staff will help you find the finishing products you need to score big on your next project. From doors to floors and all the plywood in between, Windsor Plywood is the first choice for contractors and do-it-yourselfers. Visit Windsor Plywood today. Open 8 to 5 Monday to Friday and 9 to 1 Saturday at 2101 10th Avenue Southwest in Medicine Hat. Proud sponsor of Tigers Uncaged. Contractors choose Windsor Plywood. Do-it-yourselfers choose Windsor Plywood. And people who think, I'm not sure what I'm doing, but these can help me. They choose Windsor Plywood too. With over 50 years experience, Windsor Plywood is the first choice for finishing, building, and renovation projects. With fast delivery, great selection, and helpful service, it's no wonder more people choose Windsor Plywood. Open 8 to 5 Monday to Friday and 9 to 1 Saturday at 2101 10th Avenue Southwest in Medicine Hat. Proud sponsor of Tigers Uncaged. More Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. Uh, our inaugural guest was this fella right here. Very true. Yeah, he was the first person we ever had on that was outside of the Tigers Actually, organization yeah. two years ago. And uh, man, how time flies when you're having fun. Andrew Peart. Hey. Hey, thanks for having me back on, boys. I remember it like it was two years ago. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Things looking a little different than two years ago in Edmonton with the Oil Kings. Yeah, yeah. We're still in the, the sort of the heart of the, the rebuild coming out of that uh, championship in, in 2022. But um, you know, the team's off to, they got off to a good start this year. I mean, they won three of their, their first five games, but now have since dropped seven in a row. But when you, you, you compare the, the streak the Oil Kings are on right now to some of the losing streaks that we saw last year that were very long, um, every game has been competitive from the Oil Kings side of things. This is still a team that is learning to win hockey games and, and win tight hockey games. And, you know, we're seeing it late in the second period into the third period. Um, this team's having a hard time just regaining a lead or, or clawing their way back when they're down a goal or two. Um, but once they can get over that hump, I, I, I feel really good about this team taking a major step this year. But uh, at the same time, uh, you don't learn how to win until you start winning games. So uh, that's what's uh, sort of the, the next task docket for this team. And uh, they're running into a, a pretty tough weekend ahead, but it's going to be a good test for them with the Tigers on Friday and then uh, racing back home to play the Winterhawks on Saturday. Seems like they're a little bit of a younger team, but it must be nice. I know we've been talking this whole podcast about the NHL Central scouting. Yeah. It must feel nice that uh, three of the Oil King players on that list. Yeah, it was it was really good to see. I mean, I think we, we knew all along Adam Yetko was going to get uh, a pretty high rating. He came with uh, a lot of hype around him when the team selected him with the third overall pick at the CHL import draft, and he's done nothing but deliver uh, in his first dozen games here at Edmonton. He's already got five goals, and and 10 points on the year. And then to see a guy like Reese Peterson, who joined the team about halfway through last year, coming out of the Christmas break, um, he's done nothing but uh, get better and better. He's your, your prototypical big uh, physical shutdown defenseman. Um, he's still a guy that's really learning how to utilize his, his big frame at, at six foot four and closing in on 200 pounds. But um, I, I think once he really figures that out, he's going to become a, a, a pretty stingy defenseman to play against. And then Parker Alcos being on that list. I mean, this, this kid has been such a revelation for this team. He came to training camp last year as not a listed player. He was not even originally scheduled to come to our training camp, but someone had dropped out and we had an open spot. And one of our scouts in BC said, Hey, 
you should bring Parker in, just give him a look. And he came to camp, and he was arguably one of the best defensemen, and he earned himself a WHL scholarship and development agreement, uh, affiliated a bunch of games last year, did nothing but improve uh, over the last couple of years. And then he started this year on a deep pairing with Mark Lajoie on the, the top pairing for the Oil Kings. He plays in all situations. Um, he's a, he's a big body defenseman. He skates extremely well. He's got a great first pass. So uh, to see him go from a guy who was uh, an afterthought at the WHL draft three, four years ago to now all of a sudden um, he's being uh, uh, noticed by NHL central scouting. Uh, it's a, it's a pretty good coup for him. And uh, the, the team's really excited for him. You got to love a story like that, right? A little comeback like that, because who did we have? What was it last year? It was with the Red Deer Rebels. And then got cut, and then Willie wanted a chance. You remember who I'm talking? Was it Galvis? Sorry, I was watching. Uh, there was a bunch of people trying to enter our studio. <laughs> oh, oh. Dallin Moline, I think. Dallin Moline, yeah. thank Dallin you. Moline. I'm glad so. you know the talk. Yeah, I was than so I distracted. Literally, there was people that were like, there was like a parade of people barging in here. I was trying to tell them to beat it. So. But yeah, but you, you don't see that very often, but you are seeing it as of late where kids maybe are getting looked past, but then they're like, hey, you give this kid a shot, and then they're making the team, yeah. and they're making an impact almost right away. Yeah, and you know what? It's a credit to the scouts. I think... You know, the the narrative has changed over the last 15, 20 years where, you know, you had the WHL Bantam draft, and um, after a player got through there, you probably stopped looking at him. He fell off the radar. But, you know, thanks to to teams really increasing, I I don't want to say their budgets, but increasing the the manpower they have in their scouting system, players are being tracked uh, continually, not just from their 14 to 16-year-old years, but when they're 17 years old. And, uh, you know, because we, we've all seen it. Players hit different times, right? And, yeah. and for a long time, it was always thought, hey, a goaltender, you know, he never truly develops till he's in his mid to late 20s. The same can be said for every player. You, there, there is no, you know, routine carbon copy of, hey, when the player is 17 years old, that's when they take off. If they don't take off, they're a bust. That's just not the case anymore. We see guys at 18, 19 years old. Look at Oasis Wiseblau with the Medicine Hat Tigers. Last mm-hmm. year, he finally broke out, and now you know he's a point-per-game player at 19 years old. I, I think his 17-year-old year left a little bit to be desired, but at 18 years old, uh, he hit the ground running and, and hasn't looked back since. So you know, it's, it's, it, it comes at different times for players, uh, and it's great to see that players are, giving, are being given these opportunities uh, even at 17, 18, and 19 years old. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's a good point, too, with yeah. Oasis, right? And there, there was a lot of that. People, maybe not skeptical, but thinking – or expecting a bit more yeah. out of Oasis in that 17-year-old year, and now he's really starting to come into his own. Um, talking about the, the central scouting, there there was a spot for limited viewings called LV on the marker, and I, I was wildly surprised that there was one person that got left off of it. Um, and then I saw your Twitter kind of agreed, Andrew, and that was Gavin Hodnett, <laughs> um, because, I, I mean, this kid is good, and... Uh, you know, it, it was. It'll probably get you know fixed later on this season. He'll end up with a rating. Uh, but just there's talk about him. Obviously, an injury earlier, but uh, he's a player. Yeah, he he really is. I mean, he missed the first what a dozen games or half dozen games of the season with a with an upper body injury, and he was always the guy that um, was going to have to scrape and claw for everything he got in terms of. Uh, a draft ranking because he is five foot eight because he is you know 155 pounds he is still thought of to be a, a small hockey player which I think we've we've all come to see it it doesn't matter as much as it used to uh, back in the day but uh, at the same time this is a kid who's had to fight for everything he's ever earned uh, and now all of a sudden he's got another reason to have a chip on his shoulder when he has that he plays extremely well 
Um, I, I figured even if he did start the year healthy and he did start the year on a good run, he was never going to get the ranking that we felt he deserved. And then the fact that he had to miss a handful of games sees him completely left off that list. But I know Gavin's going to get up and running here. Uh, and he's going to start filling the back of the net. He's going to start putting up points. And uh, he's just got that undeniable quality to him, right, where you, you, you look at the, the physical statistics and you want to start to write him off. But the second you spend a game or two watching him, you see the high IQ. You see the ability that he has to get around the ice. You see the vision that he has on the ice to find teammates uh, and impact the hockey game. So uh, I think for him it's just uh, one of those things that he'll file away in the back of his head and, uh, it's another reason for him to to elevate his his play and, and uh, you know come I think you know the mid season rankings um, he'll he'll have NHL Central scouting probably rethinking their decision to leave him off their yeah. list. Well, and I mean like even re- like regardless of of how things go and you know when the draft rolls around if he gets picked or not, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to want Gavin Hodnet to at the very least come to their camp, right? Like like you said, just the the way that he impacts play that was maybe one of the most noticeable players that, that came through last season was just seeing night in, night out, that he was always in the middle of, of something offensively. He was either starting a play, he was finishing a play. Like like you said, he, he always just kind of felt like he was in a really good spot. And so, I, I mean, I don't know if it comes down to some seasons where, you know, scouts may huddle up in certain areas and then other or extra players get more of a look and then they end up on the on the list and some teams maybe don't get as much of a look or what the case may be but um yeah definitely look past the 58 153 155 and and you start to see a player that uh has has all the tools uh and then some to to be a really good player absolutely i mean you you said it whether he's starting a play or finishing a play whenever he's got the puck on his stick he's dangerous when he's on the ice he's going to make something happen out there and um, for, for Gavin, um, you know, the, part of the reason the Oil Kings have struggled out of the gate here a little bit is because the special teams uh, have struggled, and that being the power play, just five goals on the year. And, you know, needing Gavin, he's going to be the guy that quarterbacks it. He's going to be the guy that runs it. So uh, with him not quite up to speed yet, that's, you know, drawn an impact against the team as a whole in terms of the, the success of the specialty teams. But once he gets going there and rolling, um, you know, that's going to improve for the team. And, and for Gavin, just going back to your point, the one thing that is going to help them is the Oil Kings do have Adam Yeko on their team. That's an A-rated prospect. There's mm-hmm. going to be tons of scouts following this team all year long, uh, and it's just a matter of time before they, they say, hey, that number 17, he's pretty good too. So, um, you know, that, that's only going to help Gavin's case moving forward. And I, don't, I guess, Jesse, I don't know if that's a fair compare or a concept or not, but like in my mind, you know, like we've looked in, in years past here, and said, you know, like I don't know why like th- this player is really not getting as much love as they should, right? Yeah. Or, or this, that, and it feels like you know a lot of times it can just be there. There's those top flight players and prospects that are that are on central scouting lists, like Yeko, for example, um, that you know then draw the eye of other players That's on the very team. True. Um, and, and you know maybe to an extent you see a little bit of that here with with a player like Shane Smith, for example, right? He gets put onto the prospect list and on the surface, like, I mean, yeah, he's got a pile of goals this season, but we were talking earlier with Gino, like Shane Smith isn't a guy that does anything flashy. He's not wowing you he's every single shift, but damn, he's got a shot, but on. he does a lot of things really well. But you, if you only looked at the, the scoreline at the end of the season, you might not know just the consistency in and out that, that he provides. So 
I don't know. Like Andrew, is that fair to say? Like you, inherently, when when you have a player like Yeko, and then that in turn maybe benefits other players on the roster to the point that they do get you know uh, a, a letter grade from central scouting. No, one hundred percent it does. And okay. you know the the one thing we we have to to, to remember this is the preliminary rankings there's been limited i mean they have the limited viewing um designation everyone has been limited viewing to this point you know once you get into the midterm uh rankings and and the end of season rankings that's when you know you can you can really assess these players they start putting numbers next to them and they get them all in the right order uh this is very preliminary early on and and a lot of these guys are are gonna um see their their way onto the list that that weren't originally on the list so um you know for any player that that might be looking at it and saying like i can't believe they they didn't put me on that list it's not the biggest of deals um you know we've seen guys that are a rated uh early in in the the season and they go on to be a, a late round draft pick by the time the end of the season rolls around we see guys that um, you know, aren't on the list and they end up being a mid-round pick. I mean, look at the the kid in Prince George, for goodness sake, right? Like, yeah. this was a guy that last year I'd never even heard of his name, and now all of a sudden <laughs> he's going to be a first-round pick. He's a 17-year-old rookie in the league, and he's, you know, one of the league's leading scorers. So, you know, it, it, a lot can change over the course of the next, you know, six to eight months for a lot of these players. Yeah. Lance, to your point, I mean, look at Bedard, how many eyes are on him, how many guys on that Pats team probably got eyes on them that Some weren't getting looks. it before, yeah. but there was so much hype around Bedard in that squad, yeah, so true. I think you're on to something. Uh, speaking about some of the young talent, we were very excited when uh, we heard that our own Gavin McKenna was going to be named to the U-17. Something about Gavin's, man. Ga- I mean, if your name's mm. Gavin or Connor, you could play hockey, yeah, that's apparently. that's right, that's right. But uh, you guys also have a representative going to the U-17s. Yeah, Blake Fiddler's going to head out there, and he's kind of a unique story because... Uh, He'll be playing for Team Canada at the tournament, despite the fact that he was the captain for Team USA uh, at this past summer's uh, Five Nations tournament over in Czechia. But uh, as you know, Blake Fiddler, he's the son of a longtime NHLer, former Medicine Hat Tiger, Vern Fiddler. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's a, he's a dual citizen, and he's able to, uh, doesn't have to make a, a decision yet on which country he's going to move forward with uh, representing internationally until I believe after the Holinka Gretzky when he's eligible for that. So uh, he gets the opportunity to throw in the Maple Leaf, and uh, I think he's going to do really good at that tournament. This is a kid who's, um, you know, 16 years old, but uh, he's been he's been put a lot of minutes on him here in the early going of the year, just simply because uh, the Oil Kings have have seen an injury to Carter Kowalik. They've seen an injury to a number of forwards. Therefore, Reed Larson's had to go up and play forward. So they haven't had any extra defensemen. So Blake Fiddler has just been sort of thrown to the fire, and, and he's done a really good job of handling it. It's not an easy league for any defenseman, uh, specifically a 16-year-old defenseman. But, um, you know, he's, he's handled it really well. Um, you know, he's another big-body guy. He skates extremely well. He's got a, a good head on his shoulders. He sees the game. And, and obviously, he's got the, the bloodline um, with, uh, with the NHL talent from his father. That, that certainly helps. But uh, he's going to be a very special player for this uh, Oil Kings team for the, the next number of years. And uh, he's a big piece of the rebuild that we've got going on right now. I'd imagine he's probably the only player. I, I can't think there's many more that have had, you know, the U.S. and now Canadian hockey experience. Yeah, like like he has. That is that's special. Um, do you do you know off the top of your head? Like, has anyone else really done anything like that, Andrew? Because nothing comes to mind for me. I'm just trying to think. I'm wondering if Grayson Souchin, who plays with the Seattle Thunderbirds, if right. he did it because he was another guy. He was a first overall pick in the U.S. priority draft, but he's from Grand Prairie. Right. Um, so I'm 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 sure he's had the the opportunity to do it. I'm not sure if he has or not, but you know the the one that jumps out to me is you go back to thinking about guys like like Brett Hall that have done it in the past, and um, you know 
those types of players. But uh, it's uh, it's pretty unique and a uh, uh, good opportunity for him. He's getting a lot of different uh, experiences for sure. Well, that worked out for well, Brett. Cole Sillinger. Uh, oh, yeah. He was born in the States, but yeah, did he ever, didn't he ever play for Team Canada? Well, I don't know that he did anything like for, for Team USA, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I don't know if... It's just a, it's super unique to to have that opportunity and being so close to one another with yeah. the two chances that come up, right? It's I like, thought it was me because I saw he was his, his uh, fiddler's hometown was Texas, yeah, yeah, but he yeah. was named to the U seventeen Canada. I was like, <laughs> I, I think I might be going nuts because something doesn't add up. Yeah, no, no, it all checks okay, out. Okay, it all checks out. Um, yeah. Andrew, does it help with with Blake Fiddler that? You know, having the the pedigree you mentioned with his father to to be able to drop into a situation like he's he's landed in Edmonton now, kind of picking up minutes maybe a little bit quicker than he thought. Like, is that easier for players who have those kinds of familial pedigrees to just jump into? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, you you think about it. This is a guy who. Um, before getting to the WHL, he has been around WHL rinks. Burn was an assistant coach with the Kona Rockets there for at least a year, maybe a couple of seasons. Um, so he was in and around the uh, the arena in Kelowna quite a bit uh, around WHL players. and uh, He's seen what this league is all about. And at the end of the night, he can call up his dad. And this is a guy who's, who's played hockey at the highest level and uh, can talk him through situations and make sure that um, you know he's he's preparing himself properly. I think that's the biggest thing, right? With with a lot of young players that are coming into the Western Hockey League, they don't necessarily understand the grind that it is physically. Whether it's you know the 68 game schedule or the travel or the practice times or the gym time that you have to put in, this is a guy who is prepared for all of that, and that's why you can see here early on in his WHL career, he seems to be handling it uh, with ease. Um, and, and I think, you know, it, it goes back to, to his father being who he is. And, um, you know, we, we've seen it with a number of players that have come through the Western Hockey League. It's not a unique situation to have a, a second or third generation player. I mean, the Oil Kings are chock full of them with, yeah. you know, Mason Finley. His dad, Jeff, played uh, in the Western Hockey League. You've got Joe Aginla, who's going to be coming to the team next year. We all know who his dad is. Um, and you just go up and down the list. It's, it's, uh, uh, it, it's something that is certainly beneficial for, for a lot of players. Also very interesting that I've just found out. He's uh-huh. also the cousin of the guy who never left the WHL, uh, Riley Fiddler-Schultz. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. That the, guy was playing in this league for like 10 years, yeah, it seemed like. I mean, they, they got to put a memorial trophy out like the league does for Riley Fiddler-Schultz for the most like, Him and Williams. Like, time I mean, served. Williams for the Oil Kings. I felt like he was <laughs> yeah, there Josh forever. Was Josh, was, it seemed like, <laughs> yeah. was a 10-year guy. Yeah. Oh, it's funny, hey, how those players just pop up. Right now, this year, for me, it's Joe Arnson and Lethbridge. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, and <laughs> I, I feel... I feel like I was in high school when this guy started playing in the Western <laughs> Hockey League, but you know, it's uh, it's one of those things. It's so funny, but uh, yeah, no, it. Uh, uh, Riley Fiddler shows what a hockey player he oh, was too. He man. was he was so much fun to watch. I mean, he killed us. He killed you guys. Oh but, yeah, um, he was a heck of a hockey player. It's absolutely annoying seeing him. But you're right, Joe Arnson might be that guy this He's year. He's that guy this year, hundred percent. Because I mean, obviously, Tigers defenseman Rhett Parsons and and Arnson have had a handful of run-ins. They. They seem to love punching each other in the head. And like I, I remember we were talking to Rhett, and he was just like, yeah, I feel like we see this guy all the time. It's like on top of how often you see your division opponents, but then the amount of years that they've spent in the league together, yeah, I could, I could see that. But um, I, I, out of curiosity, and you can plead the fifth, you could say yes, no, otherwise. Um, is general manager Kurt Hill's phone getting busy surrounding, you know, maybe that Colby Hay fella? Ah, you know what? That's uh, that's a great question. I'm I'm – not 100% sure what the uh, 
the the market is for him. But I, I think he's a real critical piece for the Oil King. So I think if it, that is true, if this was the guy, if you wanted to come get him, uh, you, you'd have to pay through the nose because uh, right now Colby Hay he has been just brilliant, brilliant for the Oil Kings here in the early going. And uh, it's not to say anything against Logan Cunningham; he's been good when when called upon. But uh, right now, with 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 where the team is at, we still have a really really young defense core. I, I think it's imperative to have a guy like Colby Hay uh, in behind that, um, uh, trying to. To, to you know, be the last line of defense for the Oil Kings, and you, you look at the the games he's played this year. Uh, I think he started eight out of the twelve. He's given up twenty five goals, and of those twenty five goals, I don't think there's one that you pin uh, on Colby Hay because he has been so good for this team, and um, you know he's uh, an early season candidate for uh, what has been their most valuable player to this point. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm sure there is a lot of interest in him around the league because he's uh, he's a very talented goaltender, but. Uh, I think uh, the the team that he's on currently uh, has the most interest in him right now. Very curious uh, because you have mentioned you know rebuild uh, this year, but when was the last time you have seen the Central Division kind of wide open? Yeah, like, kind of like this. Yeah. It, it does seem like even if you're on a rebuild, I mean we're still real early into the season. The 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 conference the division is pretty much up for grabs for anyone. There is yeah. no real really good team that you need to be worried about in the central yeah like i think we got to go back and it's funny I, i've talked about this at length i think it's across the western hockey league really yeah. this is the first time and it feels like years that there isn't that one super team or two super teams that you know are on a collision course for one another uh, in the whl championship series like hey at this time last year the three of us could have been talking and we all would have said it's going to be seattle and winnipeg in the oh, final yes. And, and there was no doubt about that happening. This year, that's not the case. I mean, I think the Portland Winterhawks are going to be the front runners in the Western Conference. But, hey, the Seattle Thunderbirds just came through here. I know they got whacked last night down in Lethbridge, but they still they still carry a pretty good roster. And if Kevin Korczynski ends up going back there, that's a team mm-hmm. that's going to be in the mix in the Western Conference. But in the Central Division, because, I mean, you obviously had the Edmonton Oil Kings who were so good for, for so long there, uh, it unfortunately disrupted a little bit by COVID, but, I think you go back to like the 2017 years. Is that the year the Swift Current Broncos won the WHL championship? Oh, that sounds. Is that right the one where they went and got Skinner and they were able to win yeah. it with, with Skinner? You might be right. Yeah. But the team that they they they, they bought a lot of their players from the Lethbridge Hurricanes. That was the team they played in the Eastern Conference yeah. Final. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so you right. Talk, you talk oh about, man. You talk about it being wide open. I don't think it was any more open than it was that year. That's a good point, and it doesn't feel like that time though. It is far-fetched to happen this season. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, we've seen Calgary has, has made some moves, right, moving out Gray and Seatman, and mm-hmm. it still wouldn't be surprising to, to see any team, regardless of how the, the season has started, at least in the Central Division, really start to push yeah. and, and, and make some noise later on, just given the state of the almost the conference as a whole. Yeah, like, I thought heading into this year, I thought the Red Deer Rebels were going to be the front-runner by far, I thought the Medicine Hat Tigers would push. I thought maybe Medicine Hat was still a year away from being, you know, the no doubt favorite in the Central Division. But uh, all of a sudden, I know Red Deer's gotten off to a bit of a slow start, and maybe to be expected, you get a new coach coming in there, and it's going to take a little while for everyone to get on the same page. They're obviously a very talented team, and uh, I do think they will figure it out here at some point. But yeah, I mean, right now, if you're the the Medicine Hat Tigers or the Lethbridge Hurricanes or the Swift Current Broncos, who you know, it's time, it's time, guys. Yeah. You know, it's it's it feels like, hey, you're you're a couple moves away from maybe creating a little bit of separation here in the division, and that can go a long way once you get into late March and early April. Uh, Andrew, last one we got for you. You know, we're, Tigers are obviously very, very not far removed from being in a similar situation where you have to kind of go through the the growing pains. And and when we 
look back two years ago and, and last year, something that's always come up on, on our podcast and in our conversation has been different steps you have to take as a team, right? Like it, it starts mm-hmm. with learning how to honestly lose in the league and okay, how do you deal with that night in, night out? And then it's learning how to win. And then it's learning how to win tight games. And then it's learning how to win runaway games and, and all mm-hmm. these different steps that you kind of go through. Does it feel like that's a similar process that's being, you know, kind of talked about through the room in Edmonton with the Oil Kings that they're, they're you know, working through this process together? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's just about chipping away at all the, the little things, right? And uh, eventually you keep hacking away at the, the stone or the tree and, and, and you're going to break through on it, right? And, and that's, that's where the Oil Kings are at right now. And uh, this is a team that has now learned how to be competitive for 60 minutes. But now it's a team that is starting to inch towards being a team that can be coming out on the right end more often than not after the 60 minutes. Uh, right now they, they haven't quite achieved that. But uh, at this point, uh, I, I think what you've seen from the team last year to this year, it's just more of a cohesive unit. Uh, it's a team that, that, that has a belief uh, in itself, which was something that had kind of dissipated, as you can imagine, through the course of uh, a tough year that it was last year. But uh, this year the mindset is completely different. Um, it's it's a completely different outlook for this group, and um, yeah, I mean, if they can keep you know hacking away here, I, I think eventually they're going to break through. And uh, once you get a few wins in your your back pocket, and you you win some tight games against some tough opponents, that does nothing but help the confidence. And uh, when you're a confident hockey team, that that can go a long way. Sure can. It's going to be a great game Friday. Tigers and Absolutely. Oil Kings. I cannot wait. Uh, man, we appreciate you doing this. I know that uh, you've been in the game for a while. You're very lucky you get to uh, call home Rogers Place. Yeah. Fantastic arena. Uh-huh. Way where, up. Where is the other like arena outside of Rogers Place that you kind of look forward to going oh, and calling gosh. a game? Oh, boy. It's it's tough to say because like, as someone who spent as much time doing junior A hockey as I did, there's some pretty tough barns you got to go into. So every <laughs> rink in the WHL feels... Uh, like you're you're going to an NHL arena, but uh, you, you know the the Central Division. We are so so spoiled. I mean, obviously you got Rogers Place, which is a, a beautiful arena. A little tough to call play by play from, as you're you're pretty high up. But, way uh, up, way up. Look up. You're way you're way way up there. But you know, you look at. I mean, the the, the Centrum in Red Deer is arguably one of the best junior hockey arenas in Canada, without question. Um, the, the the arena in Medicine Hat. Um, you know, it's. It's so beautiful. It's kind of like a mini Rogers place. That's what I've always kind of compared it to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's as, as far as the broadcast situation goes in Medicine Hat. It's it's hard to beat. You've got the perfect amount of space. You know, you guys have the ice mics. You got the PA mics all set up for for the visiting broadcaster. Um, it's 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 starting to to find itself. I think that arena. We knew it was going to be a little time we, to build some character little, there, Andrew. Yeah. It did. Yeah, it did. And because you're coming out of one of the most historic rinks in junior hockey, so we knew that it was going to be a, a little tricky. But it's a bit uh, of a bold time, marketing move, Andrew. It is. <laughs> yeah, but. But I think with a guy like Gavin McKenna coming through, that's going to start filling the seats, and we're going to start seeing that atmosphere come back in Medicine Hat. I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, I, I you can't you can't go wrong with any of the rinks in the Central Division. That's for sure. Yeah, that's true. There are some some pretty pretty nice barns, but everyone that I've ever stepped foot into has been fairly unique in its own way and has its own little bit of charm. But uh, but yeah, you could say it. Like I, I mean, we, Jesse and I have talked at length about it before that you know for the longest time the co-op place didn't have a personality it didn't have no, it an atmosphere it was a there it was a spot that people played hockey and sometimes a handful of people would come through and watch it and it takes time to 
you know, kind of build that that spot. You need to have a moment. It's like any rink. You, yeah. you really you don't have anything in that building. It's like any sports venue, yeah. period. Yeah. You don't have anything until you have that moment, right? And there were so many mm-hmm. moments that happened at uh, at the old arena that, well, we're just waiting for a moment to kind of happen at I'm Co-op Place. it happens this year. Well, I mean, that would That's be selfishly nice, but, yeah. uh, but boy, we have had a moment with Andrew Peer. <laughs> wow, Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> Way to tie it all together, but you know what? All that money for broadcasting school paid off right in that moment. Yeah, you're 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 not wrong. <laughs> I am. I'm really dumb, but I'm smart sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, uh, that's right. And we appreciate the hell out of you, buddy. Thank you so much. We'll see you this weekend. Hey, fellas, love the show, and I'm looking forward to, to seeing you in person in uh, about 24 hours. Jesse and Lance are unleashing the beast. Maybe keep that beast on a leash. More Tigers Uncaged coming up. Powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. When it comes to building or renovating, Windsor Plywood can put you on the power play. Their experienced and knowledgeable staff will help you find the finishing products you need to score big on your next project. From doors to floors and all the plywood in between, Windsor Plywood is the first choice for contractors and do-it-yourselfers. Visit Windsor Plywood today. Open 8 to 5 Monday to Friday and 9 to 1 Saturday at 2101 10th Avenue Southwest in Medicine Hat. Proud sponsor of Tigers Uncaged. More Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged, powered by our good friends, Windsor Plywood. Yeah, Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know, by the way. If that last conversation with Andrew Peard felt a little scattered, it's because we were talking before we planned to actually start, but Jesse already had it running, so I just said, let's go. Yeah. What the hell? Why not? What we've done this year. In this podcast, I really love the fact that we're we're reaching out to other teams. Mind you, very honored that Andrew Peer decided to do this yeah. game. He was the very first he one was. that popped on here, mm-hmm. and he's the reason why other play-by-play guys from other teams are hopping on. Yep. But it's so cool to learn more about the team. And I've said it before, I'm such a homer for the Tigers. Like I, right. I bleed orange and black. I know this team. I know the history of this team. Learning some of these other teams has been actually quite cool and educational. And I'm looking at other guys that maybe I didn't know about before. Yeah, because then when you go to the game, it's not just, you know, a player that's out there that maybe you just see and, oh, they had a good game. Well, that's cool. But, like, now you hopefully kind of get a a bit of a backstory on some of the players like Adam Yeko and Gavin Hodnett who are going to be out there and looking for Fiddler's Kid, right? That will be something to to look out for. So uh, that's kind of the hope. And then – what I learned is I think this Oil Kings team is exactly what the Tigers are, but just a year behind. Yeah, a year or two maybe. It's hard to say exactly for sure, right? Maybe they're an 11-win season team. I don't, I don't know. But uh, you can sense that, that the rebuild is finally happening. There's a mm. lot of young talent on this squad. Well, that was why like at the end of our chat with Andrew, just asking about the, the learning process, because we brought that up a lot, and we, we still kind of do to an extent surrounding the Tigers about, okay, you got to take the steps and learn different things with such a young group. And, and I mean, they have quite the young group intact right now, right? So there's a lot of growing pains night after night that you kind of get through. I, I was also curious. I, I wondered if anyone had called around Colby Hay just because I would imagine a 19-year-old goaltender that – I mean, can show that he can handle a starter's load, right? I mean, he was a yeah. starter last season. He's yeah. been running as a starter this season. Like, those are hard to come by. And being as wide open as, you know, we've kind of alluded to across the league this season, I mean, a guy like Colby Hay can can help a lot of teams. He There's can make a, a break. He, he could be the reason why you win a championship, whether yeah, it be a yeah. division, a conference, or all together. A yeah. guy like that 
could be a huge addition Absolutely. with how close we're anticipating this division, this conference mm-hmm. to be. Well, and if he's allowing what he said around three goals a game, yeah, he's been so peppered far this with a season, lot of shots. I was looking at the stats. Allowing three goals a game for a team that has gone on a seven-game losing skid or whatever they're on and have three wins in 12 games or something like that, that's pretty darn good number. I mean, if he's letting three goals in and he hops on a team that's averaging, let's say, five goals a game <laughs> yeah. offensively. Suddenly that ain't so bad. Suddenly the you're racking up the dubs. Yeah, so I I imagine there'd be more people that call about Colby Hay. And, yeah, but you and wonder, I wonder what the price the, tag is. I yeah. mean, that's because it's so close and because yeah. there's no real team that's going to run away. I often wonder the price tag is going to be a little hefty because mm-hmm. it's like, well. And they don't right. have to, and, and Andrew alluded to it, they don't have to move him by any means because he's most wanted in Edmonton. Yes. Like, this is a guy that, I mean, I, I think everyone in the organization, I would imagine, has a pretty deep appreciation for what Colby Hay has done for the Oil Kings as a franchise, right? I mean, he came in and learned from, oh gosh, it would have been Kosa, maybe, oh, that he yeah. would have backed up for Sebastian Kosa. Yeah. And then took over the reins and, and is kind of, you know, got this team through some leaner years now and is showing up night after night and battling. Like, that's always been the one thing we've noticed about Colby Hay when he's been here is that that's, that's a kid that battles and doesn't really care what the score is. It looks like it's a tied game at any point. Yeah, he's really playing a 0-0 game regardless of what's Absolutely. on the scoreboard. Yep. I, I agree. And, I mean, if he doesn't go this year, I would assume his 20-year-old year, maybe – he, the thing yeah. is, the price tag's not going to be as hefty as if you did it now as a 19-year-old. Right. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, if you are struggling, and this is a rebuild, you get a lot for him now, It'd because be you an, wouldn't get as much. But who knows? It would be an interesting thought, nonetheless. Like, I'm sure they're probably the the staff in Edmonton's probably having that conversation, or has had it, because he's, he's not a guy you want to move, but at the same time, you you got to kind of be real with where you're at in your season and where you're going to go. And some guys are going to age out eventually. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's an interesting little spot for, uh, for Colby Hay that he could find himself in later. Should be a fun game Friday night. I guess if you're listening to this tonight, yep. Oil Kings, Tigers, looking forward to that. And then Saturday, I didn't know about this because we've been talking about the podcast that the Thunderbirds are on a six-game winning streak. They lost in Lethbridge. Right. Lethbridge had their number. Well, that was a recent thing in the midst of recording these days. We didn't yeah. do this all in one day. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, I mean, Lethbridge, they might be something. Or I, maybe I you just, just catch Seattle on a bad game. Who knows? I don't know what Lethbridge is. Like, I guess they're <laughs> I just a team that finds ways to win games. I guess that's just what they are. I I have to accept that myself it's a me problem and i recognize that but uh but yeah seattle's seattle seattle they've been playing well right i mean they have uh, ratzloff and net uh sachin or however people are saying his name because i think i've talked to 10 different people that have said it 10 different ways different, so huh? i'm gonna talk to the seattle play-by-play guy when i see him on saturday and yeah, say okay Jocific. yeah so how how do you say it because you know anyway um but they they have talent they have guys that can score and as andrew was mentioning in our last segment if Korchinski comes back, I mean, that's another weapon for Seattle to kind of utilize. So yeah. should be a good game. Is that a thing in the league where other play-by-play guys will ask each other how to pronounce names? Uh, if they don't, they should. Someone I'll, I'll in BC there. needs to talk to Gino because it's Andreessen, not Anderson. Yeah. I'll, a lot uh, of Anderson on that BC road trip. I will say um, I, for most teams, like typically, like I'll do it Saturday. Good for um, you, man. I might do it Friday, depending on who's in the lineup. Go and ask Andrew. Just okay, like run through it one more time, just because they know. 
Oh, you didn't even do it. Yeah. It, it, it honestly is. It's a big thing. Like for me, getting a player's name right is important. Yeah. Um. So, because it's it's who they are. It's their name. It, it, I mean, it as a home team, like or as you know, a Tiger fan. Yeah. Hearing that guy say Anderson when it's Andreessen. It's an, yeah. And it's not his name, right? No. So I still like saying hot ass though. I'm still not on. I'm still not. Yeah, see, and I've I've now I'm flipped. not a Hodis. No, I love Hodis, great guy. Yeah. But the fact that we get to say hot ass. Yeah, you get to say it out loud doing broadcasting. It is nice. Yeah. But, but uh but yeah, so I anyway, I, I always try and make sure to freeze, go run by him. Well yeah, you gotta get it right. Man, I would be like Asking each one of them for a beer before a game and just saying we need to run down this entire <laughs> list because I can't do any. Listen, of it. some teams are worse than others. And last week we were talking; it was kind of in the conversation with Regan Bartel, and Regan was saying like the Kelowna Rockets have an absolute whirlwind of a roster, <laughs> absolute whirlwind. There's a lot of BC teams. I don't know what's in the water in BC, what the parents are up to, and if there's just a lot of, you know, weird names. You got but, a weird name? Come play for us. And this is coming from Lance. Okay, there's not a lot of Lances, so like if you're gonna throw a stone it might as well be from the lance house but yeah there's just there's as time goes there's kids that say more or have more and more interesting names so uh so that part is curious to say the least but uh, yeah i was trying to make sure to have a conversation with them and and talk to the play-by-play guy because you got to get that stuff right uh in any case we will uh put a bow on this lovely edition of tigers uncaged how about it uh all powered by our friends at windsor plywood the experts you need to know. We appreciate you for listening to another episode. Make sure that you subscribe to Tigers Uncaged on any of your favorite podcasting platforms, whether that's uh, Spotify, on Apple, on Android. A bunch of opportunities for you to subscribe and stay connected to Tigers Uncaged. As uh, next week, we will have another player joining the podcast. It does sound like another Tigers player is going to be jumping on, so we'll have that to look forward to and recap uh, what should be, hopefully, a good weekend for the tabbies. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Thanks to all who contributed to this edition of Tigers Uncaged. Powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. New episodes come out every Friday. Get it at wild945.ca and wherever you get your podcasts. Tigers Uncaged.